0: Down miffed to dunk. Yeah. Um, miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's yeah, a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. Oh, the miffed I, you know I know it. I think it's a real world. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real one. That's it, a <laughs> real one. Not in your vocabulary? Down to dunk. Yes.
1: This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk.
0: Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What up? So the NBA over-unders came out. And yeah. they're pretty interesting. It's, it's going to be... I get excited looking at them. I just, I think this NBA season is going to be really fun. I know that we're still headed for the inevitable warriors championship, but I feel like the regular season could be super fun. And maybe that's how I feel about every NBA season, but but I also feel that way about this season.
1: Yeah. I'm sure it's like this every year, but especially this year, I feel like I can talk myself into the over for almost all of these teams. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna do the Western Conference this week and then Eastern Conference next week uh, there's a few things to tell people though before we get started one is that I'm using the Westgate sportsbook over unders okay because there's there's another one out there and it was a little bit different but the significance of that is that I saw someone on Twitter say that the win total for the league if you look at just the Westgate odds it's 10 wins more than is actually possible oh (laughs) so like these teams are already inflated a little bit so just something to keep in mind okay uh other thing to keep in mind you know we we did our uh, devastation pod figuring out like missing the playoffs would be roughest for which team and in that pod we didn't consider injuries but i do think when you're talking about over-unders You know, it's hard to project an injury, but I at least like factored in a little bit, maybe at least when it comes to a team's depth, like how much margin for error do they have? Another big thing I'm thinking about is that the West is just better. Like last year, there were four teams that were not just incentivized to tank, but to tank hard. Now, only three of them, the Suns, the Mavs and the Grizz actually accomplished that. The Kings somehow failed to tank hard, but then fell backwards into the second pick. But because of pick obligations this year, there might actually only be a couple teams that are really incentivized. And plus, with the new lottery rules going into effect this season, there's generally less incentive to really tank hard because you can still get decent odds outside of the bottom three. And then the last thing I want to tell everyone is that I'm writing all of these down <laughs> so that next summer I can bring it back up when we do it again and we can see who did terrible.
0: <laughs> it might be me because uh, I'm running on little sleep and just had a baby and I'm shooting from the hip today. This is just, this is all gut. So well, that,
1: that all sounds very good for my chances. So I'm very excited. <laughs> So Uh, we're going to do it in the order of the seeding last year. So starting with the Rockets and going down through the Suns Uh, for each team, I'll tell you what the over under is, what their season was, or what their record was last year, the key losses, key additions. And then we might throw in a few locks. If there's ones that we just really feel good about and those ones, I'm going to really hold you to Andrew. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: Is it going to be like when uh, Simmons and Joe House locked the, the Kings into their over last year? <laughs> Did the Kings not hit the over? I don't. I I assume
1: they didn't. <laughs> um, okay, are you ready? Totally ready. All right. Number one, the Houston Rockets with an over under of fifty four point five. Their record last season was sixty five and seventeen. Key losses, Trevor Riza, Luke Richard Mute, Tarek Black, and Joe Johnson. Probably not key loss, Joe Johnson. Key additions, Carmelo Anthony, Michael Carter-Williams, and James Ennis. And the wing that every Houston Rockets fan is assuming they're going to get at some point. <laughs> right. I, I, keep, I keep seeing that every Houston fan is like, how can you judge us? Like, we're going to get another
0: wing. It's like, Okay, maybe. <laughs> That's something that we've been saying for a decade.
1: Right, yeah. Um now would you like to go first or would you like me to go first?
0: Uh I'll go over. Okay. 54. I think they're going to be so good still. The regular season they're going to be amazing. I mean, I think I don't I I can't figure out how I feel about this yet. <clears throat> but I feel like people may, are maybe overrating the impact of those wings in the regular season. Um, I agree. And, and then maybe some people are, are underrating them in the playoffs because I think that that's when it will really matter. That's when you'll see the difference is come playoff time, but the regular season, they still have James Harden, Chris Paul, Clint Capella. And that's what really matters for that team. And they already know how to play. They already know how to win. Maybe Melo will come in and screw everything up, which is possible. Uh, But I just assume that they're going to roll to 58 to 60 games. I think they'll win less than they did last year just because I feel like they had had some lucky games in there. But I think overall they're going to be very, very good and maybe the number one seed in the West again.
1: I agree with you. In fact, Andrew, I'm making this my first lock. (laughs) Lock it in. I'm going over. Okay, so if you take the under, that means that you think this team – it has to decline by at least 11 games. Yeah. And so I was going back and you start with Harden's second year in Houston. These are their win totals, 54, 56, the weird year where they had, they were 41 and 41. James Harden didn't make the all NBA team. Then 55 and 65. Like this team has been consistently been a mid 50 win team Mm -hmm. for their recent history. And a lot of those seasons were with, you know, Dwight Howard as their second best player, um And now they have Chris Paul. So the point is that Houston has been a very good team long before CP3 was there. So the idea that they're going to all of a sudden like fall off a cliff for some, you know, just because they lost Ariza and Mbamute, which, yes, those guys were important in the playoffs, like you said. But I don't know if that really is an 11 game difference. And then the other big thing for me is that Houston did not have great injury luck last season. So, out of their top eight guys, they had 107 combined missed games. Wow. And that's 24 games for CP3, 21 for Mba Mute, 16 Ryan Anderson, 15 Ariza, 13 Eric Gordon, 10 for Harden. Like, those are big losses. In comparison, including Robertson missing 43 games on his own, OKC's top eight only missed 59 total games. And that's wow. including Robertson. So they almost missed double the amount of games last year. Mm-hmm. So just assuming, assuming like a normal healthy season, I think it's, it's easy that Houston's going to hit the over. And they've already shown that they can even withstand injuries. So I'm not even really worried about that too much.
0: Yeah, so yeah, but the, this is a lot for me. They're about to be put to the test though. Injuries, are, injuries is one thing. All teams deal with injuries. Only one team dealt with Mello last year. And now there's <laughs> going to be one team dealing with Mello this year. No, he's going to be totally different. He's going to be Olympic mellow. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I mean, everyone just keeps saying that, and then the season will start, and everyone's going to be like, oh, he only pops out to 16 feet. Like, that's right. <laughs> and maybe they'll get him to stand in the corner, but he just didn't take any corner threes. I don't know. I just I have a hard time believing with everything that you're hearing from him that he's just going to be like, all right, now I'm here. I'm going to be willing to sacrifice more. I mean, he said at exit interviews, I've sacrificed everything and I'm not sacrificing anything else. And that just doesn't sound like a guy that's ready to not play in crunch time, to not be a guy that thinks, I mean, he's, he's easily, he thinks he's the third best guy on that team. And so I, I think it's going to be a problem. And it may not be a problem to the playoffs because you just can't play him against Golden State. They just won't be able to. And it could blow up then. But at some point, this is just not going to work. I just don't I just don't see it working. Unless Melo has some kind of come to Jesus moment and he understands who he is as a player now. He just seems so far from that. I just don't think I just can't see this going extremely well for them. Maybe it does, but I just can't see it. I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. You've got to go to the press. It's in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. They have fantastic food. The venue itself is really cool. It's just a cool place to go. It's a great place to take a date. It's a great place to go with a big group of friends. You have a birthday party. It's a great place to go for that. We had my mom's birthday party over there uh, a few months ago. And it's just a great place to gather with a bunch of people, Uh, They have a great beer and cocktail selection. Their food is fantastic. They've got really fresh salads. Uh, This is comfort food. So they've got their mac and cheese that I continue to talk about that I will say if you do go, you've got to at least get a side of it. Uh, Their burgers are really good. Uh, If you have kids, they have a good kids menu as well. It's just good for everybody. So please support the people that support Down to Dunk and Eat at the Press.
1: All right. So moving on the number two seed last year, the Golden State Warriors over under of sixty two point five last season. Their record was fifty eight and twenty four. Their key losses, JaVale McGee, Zaza Pachulia, David West, Nick Young, key additions DeMarcus Cousins, Jonas Rebko and Jacob Evans. I think I just did soft J's on both Jonas and your <laughs> Yeah, you could
0: have you could have gone full soft J and Jacob Evans. If you uh... <laughs>
1: um, I don't have a lot to say about the Warriors. I'm I'm taking the under. Uh, I, you know, I, I still think they could easily win 60 games and you still win if you take the under um and 60 wins sounds like totally reasonable for the warriors right now. I mean they're I don't know what season this is for them. Is this like season 5 for some of these guys who have had you know 100 game seasons year yeah. after year after year. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, there's there's really zero incentive for them to purposely try to win a ton of games. Um and it was the same way last year and it showed. And so I actually think DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a lot better than people think. Um, it seems like a lot of people are just completely writing him off. I think that he's going to come back a lot sooner than people think. And I think he's going to be better than any center they had on their team last year. Um, but even with that, I'm still taking the under.
0: Yeah, I think Boogie could be good. I just don't know. Like where, where's the tipping point as far as guys sacrificing and guys that have tremendous talent, guys that could be the number one guy on a team. I mean, they've got four of them now, right? I just don't know like there it's a really interesting experiment on like where's the tipping point here? Where where people get unhappy. And it's just funny that like the guy that comes in and is the fourth superstar guy is a guy that's been unhappy at every stop that he's been at. And so he may be very good. I just wonder what it looks like or if it's even worth it. Because they're already easily the best team without him, you add him, and yeah, it increases your ceiling. But I think it lowers their floor a little bit too, just because if he's he maybe doesn't finish games for them, and if he's healthy, is he going to be happy about that? I don't know. I think that I mean it's it's a lot it's a lot to take on. Demarcus Cousins was a lot to take on for New Orleans, and so I just I think it's interesting. I. I'll take the under as well for them just because I don't think they care about the regular season that they just want to win another title and they probably will. But I just think that the, the boogie ri- I think there's a bigger risk and there is a reward because the reward was already going to be there. Anyways, they're going to win a title anyways without him. And so I just don't, I mean, how can you raise the ceiling on a team that's almost guaranteed to win a title? I just think that he maybe lowers their floor a little bit just because he can be pretty combustible as a personality.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, they would argue, well, we don't really have to deal with this in the regular season because they're going to, they, like I said, they really have no incentive to like push themselves in the regular season. So they can use the regular season to kind of ease DeMarcus Cousins back in. They can rest a lot of their guys if they want to. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily have to be playing their full lineup for large stretches of the regular season. So they can actually probably use the regular season to get DeMarcus more run. If, if that's what he wants now in the playoffs, it becomes a different issue. Sure. Um, but you know, I, th- I think that's what they would argue. I do agree with you though, that in the playoffs, I don't know. It, it probably isn't automatic. Um, it still feels automatic that they're going to win, but it, it probably isn't automatic that DeMarcus is going to be just some seamless fit in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And he, there's really no one you can target when they play their death lineup. I mean, like, you could target boogie out on the perimeter with uh russell westbrook or with even dennis Schroeder, who has been able to i mean he's really quick at getting to the rim and so i just i don't know i'm not saying i just don't i i maybe i don't i don't just completely buy that he's just going to make them the most dominant team ever i just think that there there's a tipping point where with talent like that, where someone's going to end up unhappy? I feel like, and if they don't, then that team is just—I mean, they're already super special, but I mean, this is a like a heat check for Bob Myers, you know? Right? It's it's, it's kind of crazy, but we can go on to the next one. All right,
1: number three seed last year, the Portland Trail Blazers. Their over under for this next season is forty one point five. Their record last year was 49 and 33. Key losses: Ed Davis, Shabazz Napier, Pat Connaughton. Key additions: Seth Curry, Anthony Simons, and Nick Stauskas.
0: they <laughs> have had a bad summer. <laughs> they
1: did, but. Andrew, not only I going over, I'm locking it
0: in. (laughs) Oh man, I was gonna take. I'm taking the over too. I really like Zach Collins, and everyone's like, "Ah, Davis, man, is gonna be, he's gone. It's the heart and soul of their team. like I don't know. Like Zach Collins is really good. Like I think that guy's gonna be awesome. I really liked him through the draft process. I, I know that he, you know, looking back at the draft, he definitely wouldn't have gone that high, but I think that he in a normal draft, like that's a good spot for a guy like Zach Collins. Cause he can shoot it. He can play defense. He's pretty quick for a big guy. He he's got some tenacity about him. I think that their backup big man position is going to be just fine. I think their only question is for like on the wing. I mean, who who's there? Right. And that's, that's the only scary thing. I mean, even Pat Connison being gone, he played a lot for them last year. And so they're going to, I mean, Mo Harkless just has to be better than he was last year for them. But I, I'm, I'm not locking, but I'm, I'm going the over for them for sure. Yeah. Ed Davis is
1: funny. He, he's probably like the most respected and appreciated role player in the NBA. I feel like any <laughs> team could sign Ed Davis and everyone would just be like, wow, that's an A plus move right there. That's a great get.
0: He's very Patrick, like Patrick Patterson was last year. He is. Yeah, he is. And, um, the Thunder went after him too, went after yeah. Davis and that would have, I mean, I th- I would guess that it would be in place of New um, but it's pretty interesting. He would have been, he would have been good here, but I'm probably a little bit more excited about New Orleans than I would have been about him.
1: Yeah. For me, this just comes down to how low the over under is. If you pick the under, that means that you're picking them to be a 500 team or worse. Yeah. They would have to be 41 and 41 or worse. They're bringing back their starting lineup from last season, which was the eighth most played five-man lineup in the league, plus 7.2 net rating. Now they did lose their sixth through eighth in most minutes played, and that really just means more minutes for guys like Mo Harkless, Zach Collins, you mentioned, and Seth Curry. So really, the depth they lost is really in that like nine to ten-man rotation. Yeah. Um, so I do think they'll be worse, but I, I just think people are overreacting to the way the season ended. Um, obviously it was a terrible way to end the season with getting swept and getting swept in like really dominant fashion. Um, but I, I, I still think like they just have to win 42 games. They have to be 42 and 40 and you get it. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. why I'm uh, locking it in. All right. We right, and, sit- Se- and if
0: Seth Curry can play, like he's good. And right. So, I, I yeah,
1: he, he can make up for Shabazz. Mm-hmm. For sure. Maybe, maybe not. Shabazz was actually a little bit better defensively than I ever expected, but mm-hmm. Um, offensively, so we're saving Oklahoma City till the end, so that they were the four seed last year. So we're moving on to the five seed, the Utah Jazz. Their over/under is 48.5. Their record last season was 48 and 34. They basically did nothing. Their key losses, uh, the soft J Jonas Yarebko, <laughs> and their key additions was Grayson Allen. So for me. I thought about this one a lot, but I am going over. Um, Basically, you just need to win them to win one more game than last season. Everyone knows the jazz story from last year. They were 19 and 28 through 47 games. And then their final 35 games, they went 29 and six, which would be good for like a 68 win pace. And even if you don't believe that, like, I don't think they're going to win 68 games. The 56 games that they played with Rudy Gobert, the jazz went 37 and 19, which is good for a 54 win pace. But what's more important to me is that they only had Jay Crowder for the final 27 games because they traded for him around the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Now, the main five-man lineup last year for the Jazz was Favors, Gobert, Ingles, Mitchell, and Rubio. They played 455 minutes and were a plus 10 in net rating. Their second most played lineup was simply swapping out Favors for Crowder that lineup played 194 minutes after the all, or after the trade deadline and they were a plus 27.4 which was the highest net rating for any five man lineup last year that played at least 150 minutes together so i think they still have like untapped potential just because they have this lineup that they didn't get to use all, for a lot of last season because Crowder wasn't there and so i think they're, they can tap into that smaller lineup a little bit more And and they've already shown that they can withstand an injury, a major injury with Rudy Gobert missing so much. So I'm going over, not locking it though.
0: I'm locking the over for them. I just they're they're a really good team, and 48 just seems it seems just way too low to me. And I know it's it's the West is going to be so tough. Like this, it's going to be tough for all these teams to hit the over like we're predicting, but. Um, it. I just don't see them being any any worse than they were last season. I just think they have another year of continuity. You know, you have Donovan Mitchell getting better as a player, gaining more confidence. I mean, he was amazing in the playoffs, and I just think they can build on what they have. I think that their ceiling as a team is pretty low, as far as like championship level team. I just I. I just don't really see that with them unless Mitchell just blows up even more, which is almost hard to believe. But I I think the regular season, they're going to be 49-50 wins almost surely just because their their defense is their baseline and they bring it every night. And so I, I'll i give them an over and I'll lock it in.
1: It's your first lock, very exciting for you, Andrew. It's very
0: exciting. <laughs> uh, all
1: right. 6-seed last year. The New Orleans Pelicans, their over under this year is 45.5. Their record last year was 48 and 34. Key losses DeMarcus Cousins, Jordan Crawford, Rajon Rondo. Key additions Alfred Payton, Julius Randle and Troy Williams. How are you This was the hardest one for me. I went back and forth multiple times.
0: Tell me the number again.
1: 45.5.
0: Oh shoot.
1: So, I'll tell you I ended up going under, but I yeah. originally went over, um, and the, and the over was based maybe as an overreaction to what they did in the playoffs, more more reaction to what you saw after they traded for uh, Nikola Mirotic. Yeah, um, we we saw this lineup where it's a little bit smaller than what they had played in the past, and it really worked. So there was a lineup of Davis, Holiday, Mirotic, Etwan Moore, and Rondo in 204 minutes, a plus 16.8. Now Rondo's gone. They replaced him with Peyton, who I still don't really like. But the point is that Miritich significantly changed his team's identity. And now they bring in Julius Randle. So now you have like three big man combinations that all make sense for different matchups. Plus, you're getting Solomon Hill back. It sounds like I'm arguing for the over right now. Uh, He only played in the final 12 games last season and then the playoff games. He's not going to change things dramatically, but this team has always been desperate for wing depth. So just having another body there will help. Eventually, I just came down to the fact that the West is really tough. I had to pick an under for someone, and I went with the Pelicans. I still think there's a lot up in the air with them. Um, and I don't want to base too much of what I'm like my argument on the on the series against the Blazers last year. They could definitely go over though.
0: yeah. I'm going under because of the injury risk that both Davis and Holiday are. And I just don't know that they have the necessary depth to handle an injury to really either one of those guys. Because I'm not, I'm with you. I don't really have any reason to believe in Alfred Payton. And so with Drew Holiday out, if he does go down at some point, which he has a significant injury history, then you're trusting Alfred Payton. Like last year, I know a lot of people don't like Rajon Rondo. Rondo was was really good for them, and so I just. I worry that if Davis or Holiday go down that they're going to really struggle because they don't have a lot of depth. I mean, you look at their depth chart. They do have a nice three-man big combo there, but beyond that, they just don't have depth. And so I'll take the under just because of that.
1: All right. So now moving on to the seventh seed last year, the San Antonio Spurs. Ooh. Their over under is 43.5. Oh their record last year was 47 and 35. Their key losses Kyle Anderson, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker, and Joffrey Laverne. Uh, their key additions Marco Bellinelli, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Jakob Pirtle, Lonnie Walker, and Dante Cunningham. Andrew, this seems way low.
0: They got Jakob, another yeah, soft J. <laughs> uh yeah this is this is kind of stupid low right
1: yeah it was it was the first lock i made i saw this i was like why would this happen let me let me throw some stats at you let me some stats yeah so in the previous 29 seasons (laughs) the spurs have had a winning percentage less than 52.4 percent exactly once which was the year david robinson got hurt and they tanked for duncan So the only time when they've won less than 43 and a half games in the past 29 seasons was once. Now I get that they had important losses outside of Kawhi. They lost Kyle Anderson. They lost Danny green. Both of those guys were top five in minutes played on this team last year. They're gone. Tony Parker is gone though. He only played 55 games last year and he actually played less minutes than guys like Bryn Forbes and Davis Bertans. So it's probably like a bigger legacy loss than an on the court loss. Mm Mm-hmm. So now they bring in DeMar DeRozan. I was I was going to describe him as like a top whatever player, and I <laughs> couldn't figure out. So I'm going to say a top 20 to 40 player in the league.
0: <laughs> oh, he's a top 20 player. He was a top 20 player last season.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, well, I agree was last season, but I was like looking at all these rankings online from various people, and like yeah. a lot of people have him in like the late 30s. So I was like, well, just to cover my bases.
0: <laughs> he's just <laughs> like, so easy. He's just one point. of the easiest a super like he's not a superstar he's one of the easiest all-stars to hate right, right. um but they got him they
1: got a solid young big in Pertle they got two nba rotation guys in bellinelli and dante cunningham who i really like so you add that to Lamarcus aldridge coming off a huge year bunch of quality rotation players maybe Derek white who knows not how maybe this,
0: man he's gonna play he's gonna play how this is year.
1: this team only winning 43 games with pop in one of his final seasons
0: they they won't. They'll win. They'll win at least forty eight games. I would guess. I don't know. It, I don't know. They'll win fifty, but they're going to win a lot of games.
1: And the thing for me that pushes me over the edge is like, even if the Spurs suffer a significant injury,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you're not you're not done. Like your bet is still alive. Mm-hmm. Like this franchise has proven again and again, it can withstand injuries during the regular season and still win a ton of games.
0: Yep. Also, so that's a lock for me. Also, I thought. That we as an NBA community had agreed to call him Jakob Purtle, but so, there's some people that have bailed on Purtle and they've tried to call him. Po- I don't. I don't even know how to, how they say it, Poodle or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, I've heard that too, and I didn't know. I'm just like, you know what? This is this is not okay. Everybody, get back on the Purtle train because we're not going to call him Poodle. It sounds like we don't know how to say our R's, and that's just not okay with me.
1: Plus, like Purtle is one of those names that when you say it you feel really smart saying it cuz like <laughs> it looks nothing
0: like that right. so like, i'm
1: i'm obviously a very intelligent nba fan that i know how to pronounce this
0: <laughs> yeah do, do not say puddle and do not say doncic don't do don't do this oh we're, we'll get to that andrew okay
1: uh, okay. Do you, so you're going over. Do you, would you like to lock that in? Oh, lock, lock it up, baby. Okay. We're both, we're both locking in the spurs.
0: Now, Alex, I have a trade call for you, but before we get to that, I'd like to introduce our newest sponsor. It's day creative. They're based in Norman. They're a full service web design agency that wants to see your business thrive. These guys really just want to help you guys push who you are out to your customers and find the right people for you and create just fantastic websites and logos for you. You can say goodbye to the cookie cutter templates and leave the heavy lifting to day creative so that you can get back to business. Please check out Daycreative.com If you have a business of your own, you're looking to build a website, you have no idea what you're doing. These guys know what they're doing. Matt with day creative is super great. One of the coolest dudes around. He will help you push your brand out and take you guys to new heights. And now back to business with trade calls.
1: to the trade machine.
0: You're gonna be Pat Riley. No 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 you're gonna be Sam Presti. And I'm gonna okay. be Pat Riley. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh ring 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 ring
1: uh, hello, this is Sam. What could possibly be bringing you to my phone this time of year? It's
0: Pat Riley. We're, uh, hey, Patty. We're overloaded with contracts for the next three years. Yep, it's been that way. I tried talking to you into mellow earlier in the summer. Don't know what happened there. I know, I know, Sam. Listen, I'm coming back and I'm going to beg you to take one of these guys. And I'll let you choose. You can take Tyler Johnson. Or Dion Waiters. And I just want back Alex Abrinas and Kyle Singler. We could do <laughs> Abrinas and Kyle Singler for Waiters straight up. Well, uh, Pat, you know, I've, uh,
1: I've made all my decisions this summer based on a podcast host named Andrew Schlecht. <laughs> I've been trying to create the absolute perfect <laughs> offseason for him. So the only way I could cap that off is if i traded alex Abrines and kyle singler for the return of dion
0: waiters <laughs> so, sounds good sam <laughs> <laughs> hey it works in the trade machine that's all i have to say <laughs> that really would be like your absolute perfect offseason it would be this the offseason has already been just about perfect i feel like you know getting rid of daniel hamilton signing paul george uh everything getting rid of mellow bringing in a fast point guard getting all these project wings at the end of the bench it's just been so perfect just went just about how i would have designed it and this would just complete everything for me is if we could just go get dion you'd
1: you'd probably quit your job and just write like a oral history about the
0: 2018 thunder i would (laughs) summer i would i would absolutely do that i would write a book about it (laughs) and it would be so good uh I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, Kyle Singler, he's just not going to be on this team for very long, you know, 20, 23 days from now, Kyle won't be on the team. And I just wonder if they're going to try to trade him. Cause I just, I don't think the thunder like the idea of waving and stretching players. I know that there are so many people that cover the NBA that just love the idea of it. I'll just wave and stretch him. And I, I don't, that could be the, the, The saying of the summer is wave and stretch because I don't know how many times we've heard that so many times when it came to Mello, everyone thought that's what the Thunder would do and the Thunder really just want to improve their team and I think that with Kyle if they can improve the team and I you know they have all these wings on the bench that have potential I think Dion well I know there's people that don't really like Dion's game I think that he is assuredly better than all of those guys basically and if he's your backup, too, then I think that you can have a little bit more confidence heading into the season. Uh, I don't know that the Heat would do something like that. I think they do value him quite a bit. You're basically dealing him for Alex Sabrinas' bird rights is what you're dealing him for. And is that worth it? Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. But uh, Man, going back to the wave and stretch
1: thing, it's so insane to me that uh, the dunked-on guys openly preferred having 10% of OKC's cap just dead for the next three years rather than having Dennis Schroeder. Like, I just don't get that argument. It seems so dumb financially. Like, you
0: can't do anything with that space. No, you I don't. Can't. Get it. And yeah, it's absurd. They their show has done nothing but make me irritated all summer. <laughs> I'll say that it is not. They. I just I don't know. I just don't I think that they've lost it a little bit. And the thing that really gets me is Danny LaRue saying that he doesn't give the Thunder or the Lakers credit for signing Paul George or LeBron James. When he's like talking, grading their summer, you're grading their summer. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? It's, it's the dumbest thing. It really is. Usually they're, they're smart guys, but I think they try to, they like try to hit smart and then try to like go over it. And like he's like shot over into like some distant field of idiocy. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. Um, it just it makes no sense. And also, I mean, I get if you don't like Dennis Schroeder, I get it. You know, if you don't like the fit, I get it. But I think that you have to acknowledge how bad the Thunder have been with Russell off the court, and I have to acknowledge that maybe Dennis Schroeder could be, uh, you know, something to help that situation.
1: And you have to acknowledge what their options are.
0: Yeah. Nine million dollars on your cap the next three years for a team that's trying to compete for a title, I that's it's really tough. And a team that is going to be paying the tax, do you want I mean just dead money there? You could I would bet that they'll be able to trade him. Everyone's like, Oh, you can't trade it in a scanner's contract while they traded it. Oh, you're not gonna be able to trade Mellow's contract while they traded it. And Schroeder's is lower than all those guys. I just don't think that's gonna be a problem. And I don't know. There's there's hardly been any untradable contracts in NBA history. I think Joe Kim Noah may be the only thing close to that. But every contract is eventually tradable. Tim Fey Mazgoff has been traded. Like it's it's not that big a deal to have, bring in a contract. I think that it is a big deal to just have dead money on your books. Okay, we can we can stop that rant and go to the next team. <laughs> All
1: right, back to the over unders, the eighth seed last season, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Their over/under for next year is forty-four point five. Their record last season was forty-seven and thirty-five. Their key losses were Cole Aldrich, Nemanja Belitza, and Jamal Crawford. Key additions: Anthony Tolliver, C.J. Williams, and then their two rookies, Josh Okogie and Keita Bates-Jop.
0: Give this me the, give me the under on these dudes. I just think you go, the, you're going under. Okay, this is our first disagreement. I think that the chemistry stuff is real and i think it's weird and i just don't know if tibbs will last there and jimmy butler's going into the last year of his contract and you know if there's not good chemistry in this western conference it's going to be tough it's going to be tough to win games and so i'm i'll take the under on these guys i don't think that it necessarily means that they miss the playoffs because i think the total you know the win total for the 8th seed will be lower than it was last year just because right. these teams are going to beat up on each other i think they could still make the playoffs but i'm going to go under i'm not going to lock it in but i i just if i'm a timberwolves fan i'm i'm worried i'm worried that jimmy's going to leave i'm worried that he's even got one foot out the door maybe lebron's talking to him about coming to la i mean it's just it just doesn't look good. And the Wiggins and you Carl know, Anthony Towns has been so weird all season. If he's supposed to be your best player, it's, it's, he's been so weird. I don't know. I'm worried about them. I'm taking under. So I'm not locking it in, but I am going over.
1: So last year with Jimmy Butler, they were 37-22, 51-win pace. Without Jimmy Butler, they were 10-13, 36-win pace. I think Jamal Crawford is going to be addition by subtraction mm-hmm. because – I think Tyus Jones is going to get more minutes as a result. Bleacher Report reported that uh, Tyus Jones considered requesting a trade after this year's playoffs, but the Tibbs basically told him he would get Jamal Crawford's minutes. Hmm. That's significant because the second best lineup in the league that played at least 150 minutes together last year was Butler, Wiggins, Taj Gibson, Carl Anthony Towns, and Tyus Jones. Hmm. They were a plus 23.5 in 261 minutes. So I do think replacing those Jamal Crawford minutes with Tyus Jones is going to help. If Jimmy Butler's healthy and okay, they're going to be better. And then I think Tolliver can absolutely replace what Baylitsa gave him. Tolliver quietly shot 44% from three on 4.6 attempts per game at Detroit last season. He probably should be starting um, considering the lack of shooting in their starting lineup. But to be fair, Minnesota's starting lineup wasn't really the issue last year. They were a plus 8.5 net rating in over 1,100 minutes, which is like hundreds of minutes more than the number two most used lineup in the league. The issue was the bench. And so I think if you're giving more minutes to Tolliver, you're giving more minutes to um, Tyus Jones, I I think they'll be a better team overall, but I absolutely see the potential for the combustion that you mentioned. Derek Rose is on this team. I know, that's the worst part. I want Tyus Jones to get more minutes. He's, and he's going to be a restricted free agent next
0: summer. Mm-hmm. And Tibbs just runs these dudes into the ground. Into the ground. There is going to be an injury. I mean, there always is. Like, wait, when has a Tibbs coach team not had a major injury? I mean, it's happened almost every year.
1: That is true. That is true. But what if it's Wiggins?
0: <laughs> what if they I feel have so bad like for Andrew. Games? I feel so bad for Andrew Wiggins. I mean, Why? The, because he just gets so much crap. He just gets so much of it. And, he should. He just signed a massive contract. Hey, good for him. But I, everyone just just gives him the business. I don't know. I just feel a little bit bad for him. I just feel like he can't even be on the internet. Poor guy. <laughs> I think there's
1: still a lot of people who like Andrew Wiggins because he harkens back to uh, certain players in the past. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see him eventually... On another team in a different system oh but until
0: I, I think he will be soon
1: yeah soon. I, I even though his contract's massive there are teams that would totally buy into that oh yeah
0: for sure with
1: that um, all right number nine seed last year the denver nuggets they're over under this year is 47.5 last season's record was 46 and 36 their key losses, Darrell Arthur, Wilson Chandler, Kenneth Fareed, Devin Harris, Richard Jefferson. They brought in Michael Porter Jr., Isaiah Thomas and Jared Vanderbilt. This was the this and the Pelicans were probably the two most difficult for me.
0: Yeah, I have, I don't really even know where to land on them yet. Uh, it, it is tough. Where did you where did you land with them?
1: So the case for the over is that Millsap missed more than half the season. Yeah. Gary Harris missed 15 games. And even with those injuries, they still won 46 games. And you only need a two game improvement to get the over. And they also brought in Isaiah Thomas, who, you know, if things work out, could be a six man of the year candidate. Despite that, I ended up going under because I tended for the teams in like the high 40s over unders. I tended to just go under just based on like the larger perspective on the West. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Denver nuggets were one of those teams that I went under just because of that. I don't, I I think they could be better than last year and not necessarily win, you know, a significant amount of more games. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I went under, I don't feel great about it at all though.
0: And their wing depth still isn't any good. I mean, they've got, they lost Wilson Chandler and they're going to start Will Barton. Who's behind Will Barton? Like who, who plays f- the small forward? And he's not really even a small forward. He's kind of like a combo, you know, two, three. I don't know. Right. I, I just worry about that. And that's always been a problem for them. And it continues to be a problem for them. And so I just, I have a hard time believing in them because of that. And they added a, Isaiah Thomas. That's really cool. But you just added another small guard. And their defense is going to be atrocious this season it's going to be so bad. You're adding Isaiah Thomas to what was already a, a, they were an okay defense last year, but they're not going to be any good this year. And so I, I think it's going to be tough to win games in the Western conference. If you don't play defense. So you're going under as well. <sighs> well, 47. Yeah, I'll go under 47. For, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think 47 and a half. So they could win 47 and you still, I feel win. like that's kind of easy. I guess Tory Craig is their backup. Yeah, maybe Malik Beasley. If you're a big Malik Beasley fan, they still have a ton of forwards. Like you have your your Trey Lyles, Tyler Lydon, Juancho and Gomez. Like I don't know what to do with those dudes, and they're still going to play Mason Plumley a ton. I don't know. Hey, uh,
1: I know we get mad about uh, OG Ananobi all the time. Was he available at the Tyler Tyler Lydon pick? I don't think he was. Okay.
0: Uh, I mean, I know, I, he I know was they were trading the back. I think they wanted to trade back to get him. Uh, uh, he was one pick before. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He would be the absolute
1: perfect guy he, for that team.
0: Yeah. You know who else would have been awesome for them? Donovan Mitchell. Yep. <laughs> yep. That was a bad, bad draft for them to end up with Tyler Lydon, who uh, you could see it coming from a mile away. He's just like this white dude that can shoot it kind of. And it's like, what, what are you doing with him? Why are you doing this, Denver? <laughs> <laughs> so dumb.
1: Um, all right, moving on. The 10th seed last season, the Los Angeles Clippers. Their over under this year is 35.5. Oh, key losses.
0: It just seems low. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just shoot, shoot, <laughs> shooting from the hip. All right. Okay. Go
1: ahead. Uh, key losses DeAndre Jordan, Austin Rivers, CJ Williams. Key additions Shea Gilgis Alexander, Marcin Gortat, Luke Richard Umba Mute jerome 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 <laughs> robinson i was really on a roll there <laughs> jerome robinson and mike scott so it sounds like you are pretty excited about the over andrew
0: they have a ton of depth they just have a lot sure. of they have a lot of nba players on that team i don't know if they're going be good but that feels a little bit low but i have i have no idea what to do with that team or right, who's the who's the leader of that team uh Uh, uh. (laughs) I think like you could look at DeAndre last year and be like, you know what? Like he's been around long enough. He kind of sets he could set a tone for them. He plays in almost every single game and he rebounds the heck out of the ball. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, maybe my overreaction was just completely wrong (laughs) because I, (laughs) because I feel, I don't know. I just feel like you need leadership, especially when you have just like this big group of guys that are, all good like there's like hardly any bad nba players on that team at all i mean there's they have crazy depth but if you i feel like if you don't have leadership and maybe the leader is doc rivers like maybe doc rivers can make some magic with these guys but um they also have tons of injury history throughout the entire roster
1: Uh, right and so before you answer i'll give you my my pitch and see if you agree okay so I agree that they're super deep, but they do have a ton of question marks. So they have three rotation players coming back from injury. They have two rookies, and then they have a ton of guys on one-year deals or basically one-year deals hoping to make an impression to get future money. So it's a deep roster, but to me, it's a roster more built for the trade deadline rather than a playoff push. Like I I think they could really get something significant back at the trade deadline because they have so many guys that – Contending teams or teams trying to make the playoffs could use, and you add in add that to the fact that they have an incentive to not make the playoffs. They their 2019 first round pick is going to Boston. It's protected one through 14, so they could mm-hmm. still miss the playoffs and win more than 36 or win 36 games. But still, it's something also to consider. I think at some point during this season, this team is going to shift into more of not necessarily a tanking team, but a team that isn't gunning for the playoffs. They're going to be playing more of their young guys. And so I'm taking the
0: under. I'm going to take the over. I just think All right. they've got tons of depth. I don't know if Gallinari will be healthy or not, but he looked good the other day in the, uh, that Africa game. And then it's <laughs> that what it's called.
1: It was, but did you, were you watching it?
0: I watched some highlights of it and he looked he looked fine. Oh, okay. All right. He was the MVP of the game, actually.
1: Oh wow. Congrats yeah. to him. Congrats <laughs> to the isn't his nickname the Rooster?
0: Yeah. You feel good <laughs> calling him that? No, I don't have any idea what it stands for or where it came from. I think it's because of his hair, right? He wore like oh, wore the, wore the Mohawk. I don't know. Okay. It's 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 like a reach, it's it's an awkward reach. Some people, I don't, we don't, guys don't have to have nicknames. Just throwing that out there. They don't have to. Um, yeah, Gallo, Tobias Harris, Gortot, Avery Bradley, Lou Williams, Bobon, Montrez Harrell, Pat Bev, Bob Mute, Mike Scott. Like, I like all those guys. Like, all those guys are top eight guys on most teams, right? That's
1: fine. You're going to be sweating this out when there are like 30 wins with a couple of weeks to go. And then all of a sudden they decide, well, at this point we might as well tank.
0: (laughs) Why'd you trade Sam Decker?
1: I don't know. I I like the roster. The next one, an exciting one. Number 11 seed, Los Angeles Lakers over under 48.5. Last season's record, 35 and 47 key losses. Julius Randle, Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, Brooke Lopez, Key additions, LeBron James, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, Lance (laughs) Stevenson, Michael Beasley, and Moritz Wagner. I'm going under.
0: Whoa. What would you predict their win total to be? 48. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going
1: under significantly, but I just think there's a significant possibility that they get off to a rough start with a significant adjustment period. Here's something that I'm most excited about. The old veterans coming in versus the baby Lakers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have these veterans like Rondo, Lance, McGee, and even Beasley who all played significant roles on their teams last season and likely expect to be involved heavily this year. Then you have all these young guys like Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, and Hart who basically made this team their own last year were the headliners and they probably expect to continue to develop in the roles they had established. So I'm just saying that it's going to be an endless 24-7 news cycle. There's probably going to be some passive-aggressive social media posts from LeBron, and I'm just not convinced that LeBron is in the mode where he really cares about gunning for a specific playoff seed. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of the year they won the championship in Cleveland where they won 57 games, it's not like his Cavs team's ever dominated the East. Um, so I think they could just barely miss this over under if they get off to a a rough start and then slowly figure it out over the course of the year. But I would feel more comfortable if like the other, uh, sports book, they had their over under at 50.5 and like there, I feel a little bit better about choosing the under. I'm still going the under. Um, but I, I, I'm not like locking it in or anything.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's such a weird roster because like, what's their identity. I just feel like they were like when you're a young team, you're still kind of fighting for what the identity of the team is. And you have, I mean, the young guys are going to be fascinating. Maybe they play, maybe they're just going to play more. Maybe Hart and Kuzma are going to play more men. Alonzo ball. Like what do we do with Lonzo ball this season? Like he w- was the number two pick and a guy that probably thinks he's going to be a star in this league. And they bring in Rondo. They have LeBron I mean, he's a guy that is going to handle the ball a lot. And so I, I don't know what to do with him. Ingram, everybody loves Brandon Ingram. I, I watched him last year and I only watched him a few times. I didn't see the full picture, but I'm just like, I just don't know what he's like really, really good at. And so I have questions about him. He could be awesome. Everybody thinks he's going to be awesome. So i kind of have to take people's word for that, but I just remember watching him and being like, man, he's super tall and he's got really lanky arms, but I just don't know what he's really good at. Uh, so I, I kind of worry about him a little bit. Yeah. I'm with you on the under just because I just don't know what the team identity is. And we've seen from LeBron the past few seasons, he didn't give a crap about the regular season. Like he doesn't, he's not going to lock right. in. He's not going to play great defense. I think they'll still win a lot of games, but I, yeah, you know, they may win 47 games and, you know, and I think in, that in the, could be in, a
1: lot in this season.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that in the West. That's it could that could be significant.
1: Hey, can I read you the funniest article? One of the funniest <laughs> yes. articles I've ever found. Yes, please. Uh, so I was I was trying to search where the name Baby Lakers came from. OK. And I found this article from November 16th, 2016 titled this is from the big lead said baby lakers better than advertised probably headed for the playoffs i'm just going to read you the first two lines (laughs) The los angeles lakers beat the brooklyn nets on tuesday 125 to 118 the lakers are now seven and five on the season and if the playoffs started today five months early they would be the seventh seed in the western conference that may seem like an overreaction but if you look at the other teams in the west the lakers are probably going to make the playoffs (laughs) this seems (laughs) This seems like a remarkable quick turnaround for the Lakers. But what really happened is that they lucked into the process that the Philadelphia 76ers are trying to pull off and they nailed it and they nailed it without trying. (laughs) The Lakers won 26 games a year.
0: Who wrote that?
1: Uh, I don't recognize the name. I'm guessing it's just like a random guy. Blog boy. Yeah, but that really made me laugh.
0: That's pretty great. (laughs) 26 games. (laughs) i remember they were off to a hot start that year and like randall was really good and yeah i remember that i remember them being being good for like two weeks and then they were the team that they were supposed to be after that yeah
1: um okay moving on we have uh just four more and then the okc thunder number 12 last year the sacramento kings over under this year of 25.5 last season's record 27 and 55 Key losses: Vince Carter, Garrett Temple. Key additions: Marvin Bagley III, Nemanja Bealitza, Yogi Ferrell, Deonta Davis, and Ben McLemore.
0: Poor Ben McLemore. He just, I know he can't escape Sacramento. That's hilarious.
1: So, Andrew, this one is simple for me, and I am locking it in. Under, Bang. under, baby, under, under, and locking. Somebody has to be the worst team in the West. Yeah, and the worst team in the West in the last thirty years has won more than twenty-five games once.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so when I look at this team like say what you want about their roster construction last year but there were a lot of minutes that were soaked up by veterans like Vince Carter played a thousand minutes George Hill (laughs) 1100 Garrett Temple 1600 Kufos 1300 Zebo 1500 all of those are either gone or they're likely to decline and you're replacing them with Marvin Bagley who's 19 Harry Giles who's 20 more minutes for Scal who's 22 Justin Jackson who's 23 like, even if I like the Yogi Ferrell pickup, I like Bogdanovich, I like Belica. I think this team is just way too young and this conference is way too good.
0: Totally agree on all accounts. He's they're They're going to suck. They're going to be terrible. And That's fine. Be bad. They're, they don't have. Well, pick, they don't have their pick, though, which really sucks <laughs> for them. But still, yeah, like, just play your young guys and develop them. I'm going to lock that in for you, Andrew. You didn't say it, but I'm feeling a lock. <laughs> OK, lock it in. Even. Like they're not tanking to get their, get a high pick. I get that, but just play all your young guys and just figure out who this team is, who can stick around, who's worth it. Figure it out. Give Marvin Bagley 20 shots a game and see what happens. I mean, just, just let it all go. And it doesn't matter. You're not getting your pick. That's fine. There's not a lot of people that are enamored with this next draft anyway. So it's kind of a good time to not have your pick, but it's a, just just throw it all away kings and just figure out who your young guys are and buy out Zach Randolph and get rid of your your vets and just play your young guys.
1: I agree. I agree. We both agree. Uh moving on to the 13th seed last year, the Dallas Mavericks. Over under 34.5. Their record last year was 24 and 58. They lost Seth Curry, Yogi Ferrell, Doug McDermott, Nerlens Noel, probably not a key loss for them. Key additions <laughs> not. uh Luca Doncic, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Devin Harris, and Jalen Brunson. How are you feeling about Dallas Mavericks? I uh, give you the
0: lock on the over.
1: Oh, the lo- wow! Okay, lock oh,
0: lock it too. in. Deandre, I oh. think DeAndre is a huge addition to this team as far as like a big man that can stabilize your defense a little bit. I know he's fallen off some, but I just think that he's so much better than what the Mavs have had recently. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I think Luca is going to be awesome from day one. I think that dude's great. I like Jalen Brunson too. I know he really sucked in the summer league, but I think that he's going to be a good backup point guard. Devin Harris is a steady vet. Uh, You still have Wes Matthews. You have Dirk, who's going to be a great leader in that locker room. You have one of the best coaches in the NBA and Rick Carlisle. Uh, I like this team. I like Dwight Powell. I think that he's a really good backup big man. Who was probably, he was cast as like a starting level big man, which I don't think he really is, but as a backup, he's really good. Uh, I really like that team. I think Harrison Barnes is, you know, very similar to Andrew Wiggins and that he gets criticized a lot for being a guy that's just okay. But I think that he's good enough to make this team, you know, a 37, 38 win team. I don't know that they make the playoffs, but I think that they're better than what that number is.
1: Yeah, I think it can be scary taking the over because it's like, wow, they have to improve by 11 games. But they were a team that tanked really hard at the end of the season. I went and looked at their lineup for like the final game against the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah. Bunch of guys never heard of. They they were not a 24 win team last year. And as an example of that, this blew my mind. So I told you about all the five man lineups in the league who played at least 150 minutes together. The Mavs lineup of J.J. Barea, Yogi Ferrell, Devin Harris, Dirk, and Dwight Powell ranked fifth in the league with a net rating of plus 19.4 in 231 minutes. Wow. All the, all the other teams in the league that were tanking, none of them had a lineup nearly that good. Um, so Yogi's gone, but the point is that Dallas could put productive lineups on the court last year. At some point, they just decided they didn't want to do that anymore, and so their final record was artificially lower. If you think of them more as a 30-win team last year, well, I think adding DeAndre Jordan, Luka Doncic, a sophomore year from Dennis Smith Jr., I think asking them to get five more wins is a lot more doable.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like this team. I like the way they're constructed. I love their coach. I think they're going to be awesome. I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch. Awesome. Like I think they'll be okay. Like They're going to be a fine team. All
1: right. Two more and then the Thunder. This one, the 14th seed last year, the Memphis Grizzlies, over under of 34.5. Their record last year was 22-60. and They lost Mario Chalmers, Tyreek Evans, Jarrell Martin, Ben McLemore, Deontay Davis. They added Kyle Anderson, Amr Kaspi, Jaron Jackson Jr., Garrett Temple, Javon Carter, and just a shout-out for (laughs) Dakari. So let me me take you on a little trip, Andrew, because I— I went somewhere first and then I reversed course quickly. So my first thought was, hey, six of their top ten in minutes played last season are gone. Now for some teams that might be a really bad thing, but for the Grizz, none of those guys were very good except for Tyreek Evans. Mm-hmm. And what's important to remember with the Grizz last year is that they tanked hard. After the trade deadline, they didn't play Tyreek Evans, who's probably their best player last season. In thirty games without Tyreek, they went three and twenty-seven. In 52 games with him, they went 19 and 33, which is equivalent to a 30-win pace. So you look at their win total, same thing with the Mavs. Like, Yes, they would have to improve by 13 games, but they were probably better than a 22-win season last year. Then I found a five-man lineup who played more than 150 minutes. Dylan Brooks, Tyreek, Mark Gasol, Jamichael Green, Andrew Harrison, plus 11.4 net rating in Mm. 200 minutes played. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to bet the over, which That's is weird. basically a a bet on Mike Conley playing somewhere around 60 games. Because mm-hmm. I think outside of Tyreek, all the guys they brought in, especially Kyle Anderson, Garrett Temple, and Jackson, are better than what they lost.
0: Oh, with now that, without a doubt. Yeah. With all that said, I'm going under, Andrew. <laughs> I This is a tough one for me.
1: Because <laughs> my thing is, If the Grizz don't start off strong in a very strong conference, they are maybe the only team in the West who are really incentivized to tank. So they owe their 2019 draft pick to Boston, and it's only protected one through eight. So if they get to the point where they're out of the playoff picture or, you know, like 10 games out of the playoff picture by February, I could see them making huge changes and just tanking because they really need that pick if they're going to start building like
0: the future Grizzlies around Jaron Jackson. Hmm. Yeah, this is like a total stay away for me because if Conley and Gasol play, they're gonna win. Though I mean, you can lock in that over. Like if you could tell right. me, if you could go in the future and tell me how many games they play, lock it in. Because I kind of like like Kyle Anderson is a he's an NBA player. He's good. I don't know if he's quite starting level, but he's close to it. Garrett Temple, really solid player. JerMichael Green, I like him. Jaron Jackson, I think that dude's gonna be awesome. I think he's gonna be great. I don't know how good he'll be this season, but that he could potentially be one of the better rookies in this class. I don't know he's a high pick and everything, but like uh, that dude is awesome. He's going to be one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, Andrew Harrison was good. I think Wayne Selden is good. I think Dylan Brooks is good. Like they've got enough guys there to, to win, but I'm going to take the under just because of their health. Cause if Conley and Gasol can't play, we all know Chandler Parsons isn't going to play very much. And then what do you have? You'll have Marshawn Brooks jacking shots again. And that's always a recipe to lose games.
1: All right. So final one before the main event, the Phoenix Suns. Their over-under last year was 28.5. Their record last year was 21-61. and 61. They lost Jared Dudley, Alex Lynn, Alfred Payton, Tyler Eulis, and Allen Williams. They added Trevor Reza, Darrell Arthur, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, and Eli Acobo. I went under Andrew.
0: Yeah. They're still so young. I know like they're they, super the, young. They added a really cool. Just kind of a weird thing. I'm glad they did it because it took away from the rockets. Uh, and I still don't quite understand why the rockets wouldn't do that same deal for him. I mean, I guess it's just right. because you're afraid of the luxury tax, but I just don't know why they wouldn't give him that. It's one year. It's one year. It's not that after next year it's over. I just don't. I just don't get that for for the Rockets, and I'm glad the, that Phoenix did it just for that purpose. But as far as being good this year, like, I don't think they're going to be any good. I think that maybe he helps with the development of some of these guys, and he can kind of take some of them under his wing and show them how to play the right way, which I, is that is valuable, and maybe that's worth the fifteen million for them. But I don't think it helps them win. And I don't. If you're Phoenix, like, do you really want to win? Is this the year you want to try to win? Really? I mean, it shouldn't be. You need to develop all these dudes. You need to figure out same with Sacramento. Play your young guys. Play Devin Booker all the minutes. Play, you know, him with Deandre Ayton and try to run, you know, 1000 pick and rolls and just see what you can do. Because I just I just don't think that anything else is worth it for them.
1: Yeah, talking about their youth, like Bridges, Chris, Booker, Jackson, Acobo, Bender, Ayton, Those guys are all 22 years or under. And they're all going to be playing pretty big minutes on this team. Their only old players are TJ Warren, who's 25, Brandon Knight, who people are expecting to be their starting point guard because I don't know who else would be, who's 26, and then Trevor Rees is 33. Yeah. So they are a super young team. They were the youngest team in the league last year, and then they added two more rookies who are going to get significant minutes. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll be the youngest again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I mean, some of these teams have to suck, right? Like some of these teams are not going to be any good. And I think right. the Kings and the Suns, I think they're easy candidates and they shouldn't be good. They have young guys. They need to develop them. I know the pick situation isn't great for the Kings, but just just develop those guys and don't worry about being any good because it's it just feels like every team in the West wants to be good this year. And that's there, there's going to be some very, very disappointed fan bases at the end of the season and some and some teams that are going to be projected in the playoffs, there's going to be a team or two that just aren't going to make it. And there could be some shocking ones. I know some people are like the hot take is that the Lakers don't make it. I'm not sure that I see that just because LeBron just wills, wills wins. He just does look at the playoffs. Like the dude can just drag a team to where they need to go. And I just have a hard time believing that they would miss the playoffs, but you know, we've talked about who could miss and it's going to be really devastating for some fan bases. Um, All right. The final one, the main event,
1: the, the number four seed last year, the Oklahoma city thunder Their over under for the upcoming season is 50.5. Their record last year was 48 and 34. They lost Carmel, Anthony, Corey Brewer, Nick Collison, Josh Eustace, they added Dennis Schroeder, New Orleans Noel, Timothy luau Cabareau, Deontay Burton, Hamadou Diallo, and Abdel Nader. I just kind of added in, I mentioned all their wings. Who knows mm-hmm. how many of those guys actually play. Yeah. What are you thinking, Andrew? I think it's over. Lock it in. Wow, you're locking in the over.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, the problems with this team last year were defensive lapses in the regular season. And I just there's not as many weaknesses on the roster defensively. If your forward rotation involves Paul George, uh Jeremy Grant, Patrick Patterson and then whoever else is behind them, like that's a really good forward rotation. <clears throat> um you have a backup center now. A lot of a lot of people were very concerned about that last season. Who like there was no real backup center and big guys did feast on the Thunder backups. Uh, we saw that with Derek Favors. I think that New so well, as long as he's in the right mindset, and we have every indication that says that he is, I think that that's that solves that problem. The Thunder were terrible when Russell Westbrook was off the floor last year and the year before. You upgrade the backup point guard position to Dennis Schroder, who was, you know, on a really bad Atlanta Hawks team. A lot of people don't like him. I get why you don't, but he solves that problem for the Thunder. I think that he's going to be great for them. I think that his mindset, a lot of people want to compare him to Reggie, but he's experienced everything backwards as far as Reggie. Like Reggie was here. He, feel like, he felt like he outgrew his role, and he needed to leave. Schroeder has already started in the NBA. He's seen what that life is like, being the starter of a team that's not that good. And the dude is hungry to win now. And so I think the same could be said for Reggie here pretty soon is that if this Detroit team doesn't make the playoffs and they just continue to miss and miss, he might say, you know what? I need to, I want to win games. Like send me to a better team. I don't care if I'm, you know, the third guard or whatever, like send me to a team where I can play significant minutes and whether I start or not, maybe it doesn't matter. I think the shooter might be in that spot now. Like the dude just wants to win. He's highly competitive. The fit with him and Russell is still not great. They have a lot to figure out when it comes to, uh, you know, playing together and playing alongside and who's ha- handling the ball and who's running off screens. And, you know, I don't know how that's going to work, but I think that they have solved the major problems. And I think Melo was a problem for them down the end of the season, man, he was a big problem for them. And I also just think the mindset of the team is going to be better. You don't have to walk on eggshells because, you know, we don't know if Paul George is going to stay like they have stability in the locker room. They have clear leadership They've got two of the best players in the NBA. Steven Adams will be better. I think Jeremy Grant will be better. I hope that Patrick Patterson can be better. I think that's like the only like real question mark in the starting five is if he can be better. Obviously, Robertson's a big question mark too. What is his health like? There's nothing but optimism from the Thunder on this and nothing but optimism from Dre on this. So I kind of have to lean that way. And so I I think it's an easy over for them. All right, well...
1: Partly because we've only disagreed on two others and partly because I just want to take a risk, Andrew. I'm going under. (laughs) Give me the
0: case for the under. Just give it to me.
1: Okay, the case for the under is similar to the case for the Lakers, which is that the Thunder could still win 50 games in this scenario, still have a successful season, still be the top three seed potentially, and yet still be under their Um, over-under. The West, as we talked about Is a lot stronger. Those wins have to come away from someone, Um, and so teams that maybe in the past, like the the Thunder, maybe they improved in the past by you know five or six games. Maybe this year they only improved by two games, but they're still a much better team if you're watching them night to night. Um, So I I do think the Thunder are going to be better. I'm picking them for 50 wins, which is still a very successful season, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go under because this team is deep. But until we see it, they're really just summerly deep. Like they have a bunch of guys that we are excited about, but we don't actually know yet if these guys are going to be contributors. So the team seems deeper right now, but who knows? Like if Robertson doesn't come back well from his injury, if none of these guys coming off the bench, like TLC or Deontay Burton or Diallo or Nader, if none of those guys turn out the way we think one of them might, then this team is going to be a lot, have a lot less depth than we're thinking right now. Um, And that goes back to what I talked about earlier with Houston is that this, even though factoring in the Robertson injury, this team was incredibly fortunate in terms of injury luck last year, all of their top eight, except for Robertson played over, I think it was like over 75 games. And a lot of guys were playing 82 games. If there's even a little less injury luck they could still be a little bit better, but maybe not hit that over. Mm-hmm. So that, that is my argument for the OKC under.
0: Yeah, I just think they're going to be great. And the Thunder really don't, <laughs> they don't have to, they don't have to have these guys at the end of the bench be that good because they're not going to play that much anyways. Like even right. if they are good, they're not going to play because your your top eight or nine guys, Westbrook, George, Adams, Schroeder, Robertson's like the biggest question mark for me. If he doesn't, If he can't go, if he can't play, then, yeah, they're going to have some problems. But I just don't think they're going to be as significant as they were last year. I, I just think Mello was a big, big problem for them in a lot of ways. I think that he clogged up the offense. I think defensively, Steven had to cover for him so much that it was a problem. But then, like, you have Grant, you have Patterson, you have Noel, you have Felton. Like you can, you know, you can count on all those guys, and I'm with you. I don't know who out of all these, the Terrence. Fer- I think Terrence Ferguson is going to play a lot. A lot of people are really down on Ferguson. I'm just not with you. I think Ferguson is going to improve. Players that I mean, he played significant minutes last year for the Thunder. Guys that go from 19 to 20 usually just get better. Like those guys do, and so I think that he's going to be better this season. I think that he'll play a lot. I think TLC. The, the bar for a wing being any good for the Thunder is so low. that I think that we might be a little bit surprised about what TLC can bring to this team just because like last year, like we're scrapping for anybody. I mean, they picked up Corey Brewer and he did like a couple things good. We're like, wow, like we really got a guy here, guys. Like he's really he like, really play. And like, you know, what? he really wasn't. He was okay for the Thunder. He probably played the best he could, but like he still wasn't great for them. And so I think the bar is so low for a wing to be any good because like we've seen Kyle Singler and Josh Hustis played minutes last year and just couldn't shoot the ball at all. I think the TLC played better for the Sixers than like most of the wings did for the Thunder last year, and they have this depth and maybe Deontay Burton or Diallo or Nader. I think Nader like he's had real NBA experience. I think that he will get a chance to play like five or to ten minutes here and there. Uh, we don't know what we're getting from Mabrinas exactly, but I think that he took a big step last year in the playoffs and played really well. I think that he could play a big role. I don't know. I just, and I, te- I swing toward optimism all the time in my life. And so maybe that's like, I'm really close to this team and kind of see everything they're doing. And I just, I think they had a fantastic summer. I just, I really think they did. I think that Sam Presti did such a good job. Uh, and so I, I think that they'll be better. And I think that they that team should have won 50 games last year. They really should have. And they obviously weren't that far away from it. But they lost so many games. Like that Brooklyn game in Mexico was so bad. And they lost to Sacramento. And they lost to all these awful teams. They lost to the Magic. I just think that their baseline defense will be better this year. And I just think that with Schroeder being there, I don't think they're going to lose to all these terrible teams again. I think that they, they could be 51, 52 wins, and that's you know that's you know you're not like an elite elite team at that number, but I, I just think that they're going to be better. I think they're going to be really good.
1: So I think, I think those choices go uh, right along with our personal brands, you know, the, yeah. the <laughs> optimism versus, versus pessimism. I just want to go through our locks real quick. Okay. So you locked the Utah Jazz with the over. Oklahoma City Thunder with the over, Dallas Mavericks with the over, Sacramento Kings with the under, and the Spurs with the over. Mm -hmm. I locked in the Trailblazers with the over, Spurs with the over, Kings with the under, and the Houston Rockets with the over. Um, The only ones we disagreed on, obviously, Oklahoma City, you're going over, I'm going under. The Clippers, you're going over, I'm going under. And the last one was the Minnesota Timberwolves, you're going under, I'm going over. So that was the Western Conference over-unders. Why did
0: I lock the Mavs?
1: I don't know, man. You (laughs) said you really liked that team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. Uh, Thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, We appreciate you guys uh, downloading, listening. Please share it uh, on Twitter. We always tweet out the podcast with kind of a rundown. If you are on Twitter, uh, hit the retweet button. I don't care if you have two followers. I don't care if you have 2,000 followers. It means something to us that you're willing to share it with your friends. Uh, you guys have been so good at giving us five-star iTunes reviews. It's been It's, it's a really helpful tool for us to go find advertisers. Um, and it's just a free way for you guys to, to support us. So please go do that today. If you have an iPhone, it's so easy. That Purple Podcast app, just click on it search down to dunk, hit five stars. Simple as that. Please do that today. If you have a chance, uh, support our sponsors. Thank you guys so much for just supporting our show. I've been out for a couple shows and maybe out for the Friday show again just because my wife and I uh, had a baby. He's doing great. My wife's doing great. Um, Life is good. I appreciate you guys uh, showing concern and being supportive of me. That means a lot to me and to my family. So uh, I appreciate all of you guys And uh, we'll have another show for you guys again on Friday.